Back from the Dead and loving it. It's the TV Talk Machine podcast. I'm Jason Snell and across the internet. For me, you know I'm from Substack and other stuff. It's Tim Goodman. Hi, Tim. <laughs> hey, Jason. And that's a, it does sound kind of strange, doesn't it? You know him from Substack. Yeah, he's the Tim Goodman in timgoodman.substack.com, a place where you can read about television and other things. <laughs> Beautiful things. Music. Yes. Uh-huh. Music, other creative things, culture. Other stuff. Mm-hmm. How's the how's the subset? So we we last talked. You were about to launch it. Now it's been a couple of weeks. How's it going? Oh, it's been great. Love it. Uh, reaction's been good. And um, for me, just personally, I mean, as far as subscribers, that's that's been good. There's a uh, uh, growing list of subscribers and and um, and a healthy amount of paid, which is great. I thank those people. That goes a long way, as you know. Um, but yeah, for me, the the thing that I love is that getting back into the groove of actually writing, which is the whole point of doing it, really. Um, the thing that I mentioned about not wanting to sit around and like wait for an agent and not want to sit around to like, you know, do another thing that no one's going to see for a while. They could see it. I guess it was just kind of tiring. Um, yeah. So that part's been really rewarding. This is, this is the instant gratification part of your yeah and i did miss that and then the whole you know we talked about i think we talked about last week we did talking about box set which we did launch or i did launch um where we have a little tv club and that feedback has been great it's been it's almost you know dare i say it it feels like it's kind of a throwback to in the early days of like when facebook wasn't like a cesspool yeah um and people were like when i had the bastard machine blog and I moved it out of the Chronicle because SF Gate was one of the first really big newspaper sites. And that became like an instant cesspool for comments. And I moved it over there and everybody came in. We were having a great time talking about television. It feels just like that over on Substack now. You remember TGTV? <laughs> yes, I do. That was your like protest blog. Because was. the Chronicle wasn't letting you blog anymore. Uh-huh. It was... Uh... You know, it pissed me off and I, I just move. <laughs> yeah, this is I, I feel like this is this is one of the great things about you setting up your own place here is that it's your own place and you get to write what you want to write about and not have a boss somewhere up the chain say, no, 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 we've made a corporate decision to do this other thing. And you're like, well, I don't want to do that. That's not a good idea. So now, you know, it's just up to you. So if, if something's not this will happen, something you'll you're doing now, you'll be like, meh. I'm going to change it or I'm not going to do that anymore. And guess what? You don't have to check with anyone. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good. It's a good feeling. I actually have been blessed in my um, my two stints at the well, less so probably at the Chronicle because I was I was younger then and I was just starting out. But towards the end, I was doing anything I wanted pretty much. Uh, but certainly when I went to the THR and was doing anything I wanted for a really long time, those two stints, I was getting away with a lot. But there were little annoying things, especially at the end. But like for the fact that 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 THR wouldn't let me do a column that started out everything, <laughs> everything we know we learned from television, which I'd done for like 10 years at. Yeah. They were like, let's call it Critics Notebook. Critics Notebook. Yeah. Oh, Very serious that way. That kind of thing. So anyway, yeah. you got you, you got a new name for it now, right? It's uh, I do. I have a, a, a post in the machine. Yeah. Post in the machine. I oh. love it. <laughs> So that and, that and that was launched this week. It's been fun to launch like new features and bring things back. And uh, uh, it's also I know this is this might be banal for some people, but I, uh, you know, I wrote uh, some music stuff on this fledgling site that I thought it was going to be this great thing. And then I decided to only write fiction and lost interest in it. I've sort of like brought some uh, essays back over onto the Substack under the same title resounding. And my first one was this. You already know this, but uh, uh 
uh, Clem Snide slash Eve Barsley wrote a song uh, about me uh, because um, my partner, she bought it for me uh, mm-hmm. for Christmas present. So it was a great little story. But just the behind the scenes nuts and bolts of it is I transferred it over to the Substack, And as I read it, I was like, oh, this little thing that I had wrote for the resounding website uh, where I only did like five or six things because I, <clears throat> you know, was got into fiction. It wasn't great. And it was just like, I'm going to rework this because I just remember not having written anything for a really long time, being in the pandemic, focusing on uh, working on a show on my development deal and really being out of practice. And I wrote that a, a bunch of essays, but that one in particular just didn't feel great. And I rewrote the, a lot of it for um, on the sub stack. So that's been fun to also go back and say, yeah, you were definitely out of practice then. You were thinking a mm-hmm. lot about fiction or dying in the pandemic, one of the two. But now now all is good. Now it's all it's all fine. Um, another thing that you have uh, thrown out there is this review idea where you're going to revisit things, which, again, is one of those things where you're like, no, 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 no. Get back on the treadmill, review more new stuff. And here, you know, you you get to revisit things and find an audience for for stuff, I would think that because um, it's PTV, it's it's platinum age. It's beyond that now. It's I don't even know what antimatter age. It's just like all. It's, <laughs> and so I think platinum age still works. <laughs> I think platinum age is good. I like yeah. it. Um, but but so you were like, hey, in uh, in twenty like almost in twenty thirteen, mm-hmm. nine years ago, I found this show that nobody's still ever heard of, and it was really good. <laughs> and you got to you got to have this like dialogue with yourself from your review in 2013 and from your other it's like you got to write about moon boy every five years or yeah. so so it's time yeah it was it was great to go back to it i thought it was the perfect one to to put in there um and you know the reaction in the comments was great it was a lot of people had never heard of it and i'd written about it twice yeah. um and i just i loved it yeah i got to because i was doing that at thr under a different name i started to and they were like oh no 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 which of course i've written about extensively why that was a terrible idea they just didn't see the future right um and they just didn't understand and i still don't think they understand their audience where you just constantly churn out reviews and people just can't catch up and they just fall farther behind and they need this kind of curated stuff which i'm doing over on the Substack, but changing it and, and and doing it, I loved picking Moon, Moon Boy because a it was one of my favorite unexpected finds way back in 2013. It's still on Hulu. It's still great, and people still haven't haven't heard it and or heard of it. And it's great to look on the the comments on uh, my Substack and have people say, "Oh my God, I you know I've never heard of this. I'm gonna go watch it right now." Or it's great, you know. It's like it's so fun. So yeah, read. <clears throat> you know, repurposing some stuff and bringing back some ideas and then expanding them has been, has been great. I, it's exactly what you said. It's basically everything that I wanted to do or I was doing well, uh, but no more like bosses and no more people saying, can we give it a really boring name or, you know, that's not going to get enough clicks. I don't have to worry about any of that anymore. So yep. that's good. It is good. So you you did that. We we have the two box sets, which I kind of want to save for the end in case people okay. are not yeah. are not you know not not there yet. They can mm-hmm. like bank it if they want to. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to put in like complicated jump forward eight minutes kind of things. <laughs> which is we're going to save that to the very end. Okay, that sounds good. Um, you wrote a piece. So you the the I'm looking for I'm looking for a sci-fi show to watch. Um, you, you found raised by wolves, 
which is a show that I haven't I haven't watched yet. And what I've heard about it is that it's super weird and that it's not great, but it, that it was interesting. And so you took it for a spin. Yeah, I think there. I think I have this really interesting relationship to uh, sci-fi, uh, and you and I have talked on this subject uh, a number of times because yes, oh, you yeah. are you are a pro in that category. As is my partner. She's uh, seen it all. She's seen it all. In fact, she's seen tons of tons of bad stuff. And it, w- mm. like one of the things that I die laughing about is it. When I was a critic, it, it really took a lot for me to sit down and actually watch television for enjoyment. So, you know, I would get a I would get like a text message from her, like feet up on the couch on a Saturday morning, Saturday morning. I was never going to watch TV on Saturday morning. And she'd be at her place watching some terrible sci fi thing with coffee every Saturday morning. And, and like she got through a lot of bad stuff. But her her Netflix algorithm turned into this dumpster fire of like really bad b-level sci-fi and she you know now she's a pro at it and she says boy there's some really bad sci-fi shows out of australia uh so you can the level of the direct that she's <laughs> she's getting is like uh, you know her her algorithm from netflix is terrible but the hilarious thing is she actually ends up watching most of it so maybe it proved right but um so i went into it sort, sort of saying because i actually like it i i have a certain limits and limitations sure um but i'm but i'm interested in it i'm certainly interested in stuff that is uh, I, I definitely want to watch something like I I don't know if it's traditional, but like the Expanse that that intrigues me. Sure, but <clears throat> so I put this thing out there. Should I <clears throat> should I watch Invasion or should I watch Raised by Wolves? And of course, the feedback says Raised by Wolves. And I tried it, and I gotta tell you, I don't. I would love to hear you, what you you think of it because the second season is about to start, and I'm seeing a lot of advertising for that. But the <laughs> you know it's Ridley Scott, and he only directed the first two, so that's a pretty big name. I just could not get with, I'd really try it. I went three episodes and then I uh, bailed out, but I will put a little, a little side note in there that uh, the more pleasant version of my new critic life is like, you know, it's just not for me. I don't, I'm not going to slam it. It's just sure. Somebody might love it, but it just wasn't for me. Well, I never got to it because I know enough people who watched it who were like, eh, you know, like they were not super raving about it. And so I, I put it way down on my, on my list. So I've it's seen weird. None, but... I'll give it that. That's, that was kind of the allure, but mm-hmm. it's not good. Weird. Hmm. It was like, Oh, hmm, maybe not that. <laughs> and then you just, and then you just tap out and move on. Yeah. I tapped out. That is perfectly fine. I mm-hmm. do that with stuff all the time. That's, that's how, uh, that's how it should be done. Just it's for somebody else. It's not for me. Yeah. That's and okay. I, I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. I might tried it. And that was good. That's my new positivity. I tried it and yep. it could be for you guys. So you know, season two is coming. Not for you. No, it's okay. Um, hey, you you uh, discovered Utopia. I did. I did. <laughs> Utopia. I, it's two I, shows. Oh my god! I you know, <laughs> I, I I'm fa- I, you know I'm fascinated by this. I I I feel like this should be the bulk of the podcast. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, until we get to 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 the uh, the box set TV club thing. But I will say, reading the comments in the box set uh set me up for this sort of meta moment which i'm delighted about because it just it makes me giddy that like i have i mean you know i i when i was at thr and i was forward thinking in how things needed to be changed and i covered the industry and you and i talked about the industry endlessly i mean hilariously if you go back and listen to some of those podcasts we did we were actually laughing that thr did not seem very interested in the streaming wars 
Mm-hmm. And now they have headlines saying oh, streaming yeah. wars. <laughs> I was like, well, if only you guys were super excited about that when I read about that, you know, X amount of years ago. But um, in one of my earlier posts, I did a welcome post to get people to, um, into it. But on January 24th, I did a thing called uh, post TV post criticism. I took something I wrote in 2017 and, and I took snippets out of it. And I basically said, this is the whole reason that this Substack exists because this curate, we need this curated need for television. We were drowning and you can just miss shows. Okay. Fast forward. I set up this box club. We're watching <clears throat> shows, uh, station 11, which was, which is new. And I, and I love, and I, I know you have some thoughts on it cause you're starting to I watch do. it. Uh, box set, which is, I mean, sorry, collateral, which is old was the second box set one. I love the comments from people saying, Oh my God, I never heard of this. When did this come out? And in the midst of one of those, you know, I go back in and I try to be very active um, talking to the subscribers and who have comments, particularly in that uh, TV club. And somebody said, yes, it reminds me of Utopia, the British version. And I was like, the what, the what now? And it was like 2014, 2015. And I was like, well, I was definitely full-blown critic at that point. I don't remember this at all. And then I, so I Google it and, and like he, the per, it was a great message or a letter from this person or a comment, sorry. And it was basically saying, I watched Utopia and I, everything about it, I hated it. I was, you know, he was talking about the aesthetics and his appreciation for television. And then he's like, you know, I just didn't know anything. And then I went back and I realized that that it's brilliant. And this is the kind of TV I want to watch. I need to be a better TV watcher. I need to be a, a more discerning viewer of things on the screen. It was a very interesting comment. But what caught my eye, of course, was the, huh? What is Utopia? As so I look at it, how is there a, a remake? How is there, you know, saying the British original makes you think there's been a remake. And of course there was in 2020. And as I said in the comments and and beyond, I get a free pass for that because it was a pandemic. Uh, and I was also writing Intelligence Zone in 2020. Uh, yeah. But it is kind of a miracle that to me, this is exactly what I said in the in the post pandemic, like the first real post after the welcome post on this Substack was like, here's why I'm doing this. And then it was such a meta moment because I got turned on to a new show I didn't never heard of when I was a TV critic. And, you know, I guess it really was not available here on streaming services, which was kind of it, my inkling. It wasn't. I actually had a friend who was sending me. Uh, who sent me at least the first few episodes, like oh, surreptitiously from the UK, uh-huh. and I never watched them. No, I never watched them. Oh, oh, interesting. No, but I did. I did. They, he was like, "You should check this out," and then I never did because I'm a bad friend, I guess. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or a busy friend. Yeah, could be. Could be. Could be busy friend. So you know, because somebody did say later in the comments because I was like, I wasn't really like flogging myself, but I was like, "This is," and she said. You know, somebody in the comments said, look, I don't think it was really readily available over No, here. it was not, not at least when it first came out. It seems to have eventually made its way to streaming much later. Yeah, and it got to Amazon because Amazon uh, did the American version of it. it. Yeah, in fact, I think that maybe why it didn't get um, picked up in the U.S. is that they had already optioned it to do a U.S. version, and so they blocked the uk version from appearing here i think that, that probably that maybe that makes sense and it you know the the history of that is is also interesting from a perspective of like how you know some shedding some understanding on kind of what goes on in the business it is which is um it's gillian finn right there's a gillian finn i can't it's a gillian oh, I, it thought, is gillian. I thought it was a hard g and i and i but someone said the yeah, soft j oh soft j but okay gillian flynn who did gone girl for hbo D, uh, did the right. adaptation. That's how you can remember it, by the way, because it's not John Gerald. 
It's not Jillian Finn, Flynn's John Girl. It's Very Gillian good. Flynn's Gone Girl. <laughs> Very good. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, so she adapted it for the U.S. For HBO and they passed on it. And which is if she's on a development deal, that is kind of rare or whatever. There must have been something. I know that the that uh, David Fincher uh, was kind of mucking around and then passed and was involved and then got involved. And once your biggest name bails. That's a trouble. So anyway, it spun mm-hmm. out and it was redone over at Amazon. And literally, I mean, have you, did you ever hear of the American remake? Cause I didn't No, Yeah. No zero. <clears throat> and then I, so then I, anyway, I, I found out the history of both those shows and I was go, okay, great. I missed both of those, which is, you know, definitely my meta moment. And I, uh, I looked up, which I included in my most recent post. I looked up the trailer for the British version of utopia and i played it and i lost my mind i was like oh shoot this into my veins like, <laughs> right now right now uh and then of course i i texted that over to my partner and she was like uh i'm coming over and we're watching that do not jump ahead do not get ahead do not comment i'm coming over we're gonna watch that and we watched now i watched four episodes uh, of the six of the first season. And I love it totally. I just don't know how I've never heard of the show. It's so good. Isn't that great? You, you're, you got the peak TV experience right there. <laughs> I did. I did. And you know, it's like, there's more stuff too, right? I, like uh, you and I are, <clears throat> I mean, you're busy and, and certainly busier than I am, but I mean, we've talked in the past about like, literally never hearing about a show and it's like how oh, yeah. how's that even possible we're pretty connected it's it's just i mean yeah it's there's only so much that the human brain can can process unless you're unless you are doing this for a living 100% of the time and then even then you can't see everything but you might hear about it like i i actually wonder I mean, obviously it didn't go in the U.S. Otherwise, somebody it would have come up and you and Dan Feinberg would have had to decide who was going to review it. But it, it never got a proper premiere, I think, in the U.S. And that's why it just slid completely under the radar um, and now just hangs out on Amazon for anyone to stumble upon, which is also kind of funny, which goes back to your thing about Moon Boy. It's the same idea. It's it's uh, once they're there, they're there forever and they don't, you know. I mean, I know they come on and off, but in the streaming world, that's the idea is that if if there's a show that was made in 2014 that is great and you've never heard of it and you can go watch it, then like who cares that it was made in 2014 in some ways? It's just it's there for you to find and it's good. And that's all that really matters. Yeah. I mean, we we don't we don't say, oh, this book was written in 1944. I mean, stuff gets dated and stuff, but so (laughs) much of it is is just like it's it's even relatively contemporary and you just missed it. And. And and it's there for you to view, and it's a it's a beautiful thing. I mean, like Collateral is a great example of that. Which you posted that, and I was like, "Did I see?" And I looked, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I watched that whole thing, and I thought it was really great." And I thought it was, I was really sad that that they they were probably never going to make more because my understanding is it was kind of this project that was wedged in when Carrie Mulligan was pregnant, mm-hmm. and she was she had all of her she had gotten her Oscar nomination, and and she had uh, she had put in a lot of work, but she was pregnant, so she had this like I, I I'm not going to do this next movie until I'm um, until I've had the baby, but, um, I'm going to go back to the UK and there's a TV miniseries I'm going to do that I can do pregnant and I'm going to do that. And that's collateral. And so it's like, will we ever see her again? It's like Carrie Mulligan's probably never going to do a little BBC miniseries ever again. Right. Like she's too big a star now, but, uh, but I did watch it and it was great. And, and we're not spoiling anything about it, but that, and SJ Clarkson who directed it has been, she, she hasn't directed anything really high profile since then, but, 
she HBO had her do one of the Game of Thrones pilots. Mm-hmm. And I think she's got some features that she's been she was connected to the next Star Trek movie at one point, And then they dropped that. So she's got she's got some um, some buzz in the business. And I think Collateral helped with that. But but she hasn't made anything. I think she did an episode of Succession or something like that. But she did. A, yeah, she's, a, a notable. she's bounced around and done. On, she, and she's really good at what she does. She's uh, can do a lot of I think she can fit inside of a something like succession, which is shot in a particular way with mm-hmm. not a lot of variation. Um, and then when a, a show gives her, you know, carte blanche to, to use her directorial skills in a flourishing manner, she can like she did in, in um, collateral. Yeah. Um, when you mentioned utopia and the, the two versions of it, that, what struck me about this is, so we have on our Apple TV, we've got like, here are some shows that you've been, you've watched some episodes of. And what makes me laugh every time is that we have, you, you're scrolling by and there's ghosts <laughs> and then you scroll a little more and there's ghosts because this is one of those really funny examples where there's the British version of the comedy ghosts. It's on HBO max. And then CBS made an American version of the comedy ghosts. <laughs> That's a hit. It's a hit on, on broadcast television. You may not. Word has I, reached these shores from steamships, Tim, I, that network television still exists in certain faraway parts of the world. Wow. I don't know if you know about this, but it is kind of funny because, H, it, you know, Ghosts is simultaneously a CBS sitcom and an HBO Max original um, because oh, they wow. one of them has the British version and one of them has the american version and they're similar because it literally is just the american version of the british show and it's become a hit but you can also watch the british version wow okay so i don't know oh. i mean maybe that's one of those areas where where cbs was not confident enough that ghosts was going to be a hit because who would be that they would be like no 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 we must not make the uk <laughs> version of ghosts available to american audiences thereby confusing everyone in their apple tv menu when they see two versions um, that didn't happen. So go to town. Lauren, Lauren watched um, the British version. And I was like, oh, ghosts. She said, yeah, it's a, it's a funny little English show. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's a CBS show. And she's like, it's not. It really is not a CBS show. And then we discovered the truth about it. So I think I would watch the British version. Yeah. Well, of course you would, because it's not, it's not a CBS sitcom. <laughs> like I, I watched the pilot of the C and actually it was pretty good. I think, I, I think it was one of those moments of like, oh, even CBS sitcoms have to move with the times mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> a little. They can't all be the Big Bang Theory all the time. They can't all be that mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you you should probably just uh, investigate ghosts on HBO Max. And That's stuff. it's just it's, you know, I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise to me, but it is always a surprise to me how much. Yep. I missed and how much I, I didn't even know when I was there. It's crazy. I was surprised that there is a show uh, on network television that anyone would even consider successful or a hit, but it happens. Yeah. What is with that? I don't, I, I mean, and I know there are people out there like, Oh, they're making fun of network. TV. It's like, I just, I just, my, we see, I was watching the football games last weekend and you know, one of the most important things you're doing when you're broadcasting sports, mm-hmm. and this will be true for the Olympics, because we're yep. now about to enter the Winter Olympics period. Yes, that'll be. Exactly. We'll have to check in uh, on our next episode about what about Peacock, because I, I I feel very strongly that NBC completely um, failed at the Tokyo Olympics. Like they bl- they blew it, and apparently there was a, a piece 
um, I don't know, was it Joe Daly? And somebody wrote a piece today that was basically NBC knows that they screwed it up and are trying to do better this time. Oh, good. Because like that they, they really blew it with how it was presented on Peacock. Um, and so so they're they're trying to trying to figure out where was I going with this? I don't even remember anymore now. Um anyway, it, it's uh Oh no, you were talking about how you advertise a show within a sports. Oh program. yeah, yeah. So everything you do in sports, like if you're the network, I mean you make money on the ads, but the other thing is to catch those eyeballs that are otherwise never gonna watch your network and say, We have a show. Maybe you should watch this show. And I as I get more and more disconnected from network TV, those it I, I have to start playing the game. Is this a joke? Like, yes, I have to literally exactly. be like, mm-hmm. is this some a beer commercial <laughs> pretending to be an NBC show? Or yeah. does Dick Wolf really know? Okay. Dick Wolf really does have another show. All right. They did bring back Christopher Maloney and, and uh, for a law and order. Okay. I guess that happened. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's fascinating. What they Cause do. I've just, I just lost, I've just lost touch. The last, I think the last network show that I paid, close attention to was the good place. I think that was about it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that would probably qualify as the one that would. Yeah. I just, you know, I stopped uh, reviewing them because I just was too cruel to them. Cause I just think it's not sure. fair. It's a different playing field quality wise. And, but I did laugh cause I, you know, you know, the 49ers made a pretty good March and I watched all that football yeah. and I was just like, wow, that's a show that looks terrible, mm. terrible. Yeah, I I have occasionally. I, I guess what I should say too is that now that so many of these networks have their shows on their streaming service, if there is a, a an aired t- network TV show, I will get to it on their streaming service. I've actually been binging. Here's a little here's a little back catalog binge thing. Okay, mm-hmm. for you. Um, we've been wa- slow binge, of course, slow as, binge. as the new listeners to the TV team, if any of those people exist, the slow binge, I, I, I'm an adult. I, I can't watch like eight episodes of a TV show <laughs> in one sitting. It's not going to happen. Well, you coined that, I think. Slow binge. It is. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's all me. Mm-hmm. Um, I see people using it and I'm like, did you, nah, it's, it's fine. Just yeah. anybody use it. Uh, yeah. but anyway, we've been slow binging, um, Superstore, which is oh. an NBC mm-hmm. sitcom that ran for six years. So there's approximately 9,000 episodes of it. <laughs> and we're pretty much good for one of those a night. It's a nice, like, either, like, nightcap, lighten the mood, or it's, like, a little early. And before we get too deep and dark, we're going to set it off with, with something. You program your own TV watching life as you like. And I've enjoyed it. I think it, I think it is a very good, very NBC-like ensemble sitcom. I, I had a bunch of friends who really loved it. And it was one of those things where it's like, you know, it's on Peacock. I can watch it without any ads. I can watch it whenever I like. And I feel like that's basically my relationship with network TV now is I don't dispute that there might not be some good shows on the network. I'm just going to wait for people to tell me about them and perhaps for them to do their complete run and then find what, whether they're on, you know, Hulu or, or Paramount plus or Peacock or wherever. And, uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll get them on the flip side. Absolutely. Yeah. You say, you, you basically say, prove yourself. Prove that you're yeah. good, and then I'll watch you later without commercials. After I watch, you know, the ten thousand better shows, but right, yeah, whatever. Yep. Uh, I similar to that. I uh, my daughter is taking a semester off of college, and she uh, was like totally enraptured with Community, the NBC. There series. you go. And uh, she's like, "This is really good." I'm like, "Yeah, that's back when they made pretty good shows." 
Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, my daughter got into community at some point too. Yeah. yeah, I mean they're they're out there, but it is just funny when you watch the sporting events and they're like, oh, here's the here's a show. I'm like, uh, oh okay. yeah, they, and I it's like, is that a spoof? It's like, I, oh. honestly, God, I've never seen this. I know, well, I don't think the movie's out, but I kept thinking, I because I, I don't watch a lot of commercials either, but I watched a lot during the sports. I was like, exactly. is this Moonfall movie? Is it a spoof? Because it looks like one. It lo- it looks like a joke. I think it is uh, maybe a winking, like we know this is a big dumb okay. action movie. The one that got me, and I, I actually did have to pause and, and like consider my life, was watching CBS and they did a promo for NCIS Hawaii. <laughs> and I thought, well, wait a second. So it's NCIS Hawaii. That makes sense. But NCIS was started by Donald Belisario, yeah. who also did Magnum P.I., and it's like, have we come all the way back around mm-hmm. to like, literally, is this just Magnum P.I. again? Dude just but there's already a Magnum P.I. <laughs> on CBS <laughs> right now. Th- that's also a show. Do they know each other? Do they Are they going to meet? Is there going to be like a meet cute between Magnum P.I. and NCIS Hawaii? <laughs> I just spiraled in this whole thing. And it's like, this is literally like when people on two different kinds of Dick Wolf shows is like, are the Chicago fires going to meet the laws and order? <laughs> is that going to happen? Maybe. I don't know. Well, that's what happens when you're basically churning out. I mean, like I, I, I have no ill will to anybody who's, first of all, people who are working in that making a good paycheck. So, you know, for sure. And, and, and and people who watch it and enjoy it. And that's fine. It's not, it's not for me. I, I've, I've never really got those shows, but I know, I actually know some relatively young hip people who like it's their law and order is their comfort. Yes. And it's like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I see that a lot. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that. No, not for me, but not for me either with you on that one. But the, yeah, the Dick Wolf and the, anyway, NCIS Hawaii was the one that just gave me pause because my brain short circuited because I was like, wait a second, it's the Magnum PI guy. And now, and now his, his franchise is now making another show set in Hawaii. That's not the Magnum PI. That's also on CBS. And it's just, well, to connect, yeah, but to connect the no dots idea. on that, uh, which I think are, is interesting, Jason, is that what we're, what you're saying and what I'm agreeing with is network television basically says if it worked before, it'll work again. There's a limited number of really good ideas that we can trust because we don't trust anything. We're, we're not really putting quality on. We we want something that is road tested and is going to work. We don't really care how good it is. We just want it to be a hit in this diluted environment. Yeah. And the the idea there is, you know, your your whole rant was basically like, guys, this has been done before. Like you're you're, <laughs> you're eating your own tail, right? You know, it's like what is that? Obero? What is that? Uh, Oroboros, yeah, yeah, Ouroboros. the snake that eats its own tail. Yeah, yeah. that's what's what's happening. But to, my, to, to the point earlier point being made, it's like out somewhere, people are making shows that no one is seeing, like Moon Boy, Super Creative, all for the whole family, really. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, stumbling across this British series, Utopia, not really for the whole family because it's very violent, um, but it's, it's amazing. And it's also just a different approach to television. It was like the writer and director of this, they're just like, let's just trip out. Let's take an idea that's, probably been done a bunch of times and let's reinvent it and let's just flex on it. And I'm loving it. The visuals are stunning. I love it. Everything about it. I'm so all in on utopia. Yeah. I, I think I, if I boiled down my, my, uh, my rant here, it would, it would be something like, wait a second. What do you mean you're doing vanilla? You did chocolate <laughs> and vanilla and this is vanilla with chocolate in it. And they're going to be like, yeah, dude, people like chocolate and vanilla. I'm like, all right, you got me. You got me, CBS. <laughs> you, you showed me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one. I have a TV recommendation for you. Okay. This is new to Peacock. 
um, but it's actually a British series. Speaking of, uh, I don't think they're doing an American version of it. A British series from um, last fall, I want to say, called Vigil. Vigil, okay. Six episode. Um, I I've seen it likened to State of Play and Bodyguard. Okay, and you've mm-hmm. seen both of those. Yes, it's I have. these sort of tense thriller british kind of intrigue shows it is kind of like that now imagine that happening at least half of it on a nuclear submarine because <laughs> oh. that's what vigil is so it's the the premise is basically saran jones who is excellent in it is a is a police detective and there is a death on a nuclear submarine in british waters and therefore i don't know if this is actually legally true but i don't care you just got to go with it it's in their jurisdiction and so they send her out to the submarine to investigate the death and guess what it's way more complicated than that and she's out there kind of on her own trying to figure out what's going on while her uh colleagues back in glasgow because mm-hmm. it's set in scotland um her colleagues back in glasgow are trying to solve um, the other parts of this case, while the communication between the two parties is limited in essentially one way because the the position of the nuclear submarine is a secret, so they can't radio back. It's oh, it is it is great. It is I watched all six episodes in a matter of about six or seven days because the slow binge again. Slow binge. But it's it's just it's just super good um, combination of dramatic tension. And it's got a little bit of the, you know, police procedural in it, but there's also this whole layer where you start to peel back um, Saran Jones and why she's got her anxiety medication and the, her sort of tragic backstory that informs what she's doing. And, you know, I would say don't send a detective who has a traumatic experience, almost (laughs) drowning to a nuclear submarine. That's just me, but she is sent there. And, and then, uh, and there's, yeah, there's all sorts of surprising things that happen. So I liked it a lot. People can check it out on Peacock six episodes. It's basically a one shot, um, really kind of slickly produced. It is, it's got that, I, I mean, mentioning state of play or bodyguard, it 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 has that kind of dark, slick UK drama, prestige UK drama feel about it. It it, it looks exactly like you're picturing it from dark prestige UK drama. That is what it looks like. And okay, it's, uh, it's great. I'm gonna try it. I'm, I have a question for you though. This this yes. probably fits uh, your your, uh, and I think you should give a a shout out to your other podcast where you talk about the streaming oh sure down downstream Mm -hmm. available every other week on relay.fm just search for downstream check it out with me and julia alexander who likes watching law and order as uh, comfort food anyway (laughs) right a lot of of people do you fold your laundry and eat and all you can that's right and 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 unlike some of these it's one one hour and done uh, the perp goes to jail uh i i have been out of the business long enough where i actually don't know the answer to this question but i probably don't know it because i didn't really want to know it even when Mm -hmm. i was connected which is when i left peacock had this convoluted it was it hadn't even come online yet i don't i don't think it even right after i i left it came online and i don't really care about it but they had a convoluted thing like part of it's going to be it's all free and ad supported is that still there or can you just get it yeah okay Oh boy, I gotta walk you through pe- Peacock here. All right, and this is actually good for the Olympics because yes, I, what, I, what I they're love saying, the 
So what they're saying about the Olympics this time that they okay. did not do with Beijing okay. is it used to be that they walled off a bunch of stuff and said, no, 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 unless you're a cable subscriber, you can't get it. And they're not doing that this time. They are using this Winter Olympics as a as a Peacock customer acquisition uh, time. So if you're interested in seeing curling, I will also say um, get it and uh, get it for a month and then watch Vigil, too, because it's really good and it's okay. right there. And, okay. and there's some other that Mike Schur's um, sitcom that he did recently. Rutherford Falls is on there. Girls 5 Eva is on there. That's also a good sitcom. There's good. There's some good stuff on Peacock, mostly the stuff that's not on NBC. But uh, there's there's some good stuff on there. The answer is if you're a there is a free version of Peacock. It doesn't have everything. It only has some stuff and it's got ads in it. Mm, don't want that. But you don't want that. No. If if you're a Comcast person, person, you get Peacock Premium for free. Other people have to pay. That is everything that's on Peacock, but there are ads. and and But that's how you can get the Olympics. And it's $5 a month. And I think you can just sign up for a month and get the Olympics for a month and it's fine. And you're still getting ads by, but you still get ads. Oh man. And then, and then for, and then for $10 a month. So $5 a month with ads, $10 a month, no ads. This is so many of these services have this Paramount plus is the same way. And, and I, I have to remind myself of it because I will not pay for the ad version. I will pay for the ad free version every time. So $10 a month gets you everything on Peacock. Um, and no ads other than like for their live streams and stuff. Cause if okay. it's a, a live stream of a sporting event or something, you're going to see the commercials cause it's coming right off of NBC at that point. But, um, for all of the stuff like vigil, there aren't ads in that. If you pay for Peacock premium plus a stupid name for a product, but anyway, yes, you can, they're basically, they've got this weird free tier, but the best way to think about Peacock is you can pay or, with ads or pay more and have no ads. I'm going to do the no ad version for a Don't month. Don't do that yet. Yeah. Ten, $10. Yeah. dollars you'll get Watch the Olympics. The Olympics, which I love. So I'm going to do and that. They, they've said now that they're, they're going to do it where it, it for, for um, Tokyo, they like, you could watch the live stream, but you couldn't back up. So if you miss some of it, you couldn't like rewind. And they're like, no, 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 you can rewind now. So if you come in half an hour late, you can back up a half an hour and see what happens. <laughs> Gee guys, that's a great idea. Um, <laughs> And that they're going to make everything, all the streams are available archivally so that if you miss it at the time that it's on, you can go back and play it back later, which again, they didn't do for wow. Tokyo. It was real bad. Yeah. It was really bad. So, um, and you can, and you can watch uh, Vigil. It's really good. Yeah. I'll try that. I'll try that I, one month and then I'll cancel. Yeah. 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 And yeah. if you're, and if, if people are trying out Peacock, um, again, uh, Girls 5 Eva and Rutherford Falls are both pretty good uh, sitcoms that are that are on peacock and if you're already you know you're already paying for a month of peacock you want to check out some of that other stuff i think the problem with peacock sitcoms is nbc's really got a pretty good sitcom development system but i don't think people sign up for streaming services for sitcoms i think that's the problem yeah i don't i don't think so either i think it's that some combination of like a dramedy they do but not for a straight left yeah yeah or or some prestige drama that really gets people into it i think the sitcoms end up being more like catalog nice to have but not something that you would uh, that you would sign up to get. But they are on there. AP Bio too was a Peacock original for the last two seasons. I really like AP Bio. That is a that is the show that's closest to Community and vibe. I okay. like it a lot. Okay. And Superstore is on there, which again I am slowly binging through all nine thousand episodes of Superstore. There. Are. See, look, yeah. I, I take a couple of years off of being absolutely pinpointed on like we we you and I worked together on these podcasts where we talked about literally every single streaming launch. Yeah, uh, and then that one was outside of my window, and I, know. I get to circle back, and you just go, "Here's what happened." When all you the colors <laughs> of the peacock, all the colors of the peacock are 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 just laid out there for you now. 
And now you can experience the terrible interface of Peacock for the first time and go, why did they do it this way? And the answer is no one knows. Oh, my God. No one knows why they did that this way. All right. I want to talk briefly about the box set. Yeah. But definitely. before we get there, I have a couple of letters and I want to remind people you can email us podcast at tvtalkmachine.com. You can. Yes, you can. And we'll read your letters. Is it singular or plural? Tell, tell. Uh, it, it both will get to us, but it is podcast singular because there's only the one TV talking. Yes, podcast, exactly. And okay. this is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, two letters. First is from Seth in the 617. You may remember we read Seth's letter last time a year and a half after <laughs> yes. he sent it. It goes like this. Imagine my pleasant surprise seeing an episode show up in my feed after almost two years. Then imagine my smile when I heard you read my letter. <laughs> I remember writing that over a year ago and now I have an answer. Thank you. And it's good to have you back. Seth, <laughs> Seth in the 617. Thank you, Seth. That is true. Glad you were still alive to hear your letter. I love it. It, was like, it was like putting it in a bottle and sending it to an island. And our other email is from the Hollywood juicer. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Michael, the Hollywood juicer who uh, is high up on the Inverness Ridge. He says, glad to have the dynamic media duo back <laughs> as the TV team awakens from its slumber, lurches from the suspended animation tank, dripping amniotic fluid or whatever nutrient rich <laughs> goo it slept in for the past two years. And, on over to the microphone. Welcome back. First, definitely avoid invasion. <laughs> Second, <laughs> Tim hasn't mentioned War of the Worlds, a Brit French production that cleverly reimagines the H.G. Wells classic to the point where they should have come up with a different title. There are faint traces of the original DNA, but it's so different in every way that blowing the dust off that ancient title makes it too easy for people to ignore. I almost didn't watch the first episode, but I took a chance and I'm glad I did. Given Jason's sci-fi bent, it might be more up his alley, but the interpersonal dynamics that unfold amidst a world gone mad are complex and fascinating. It's not just a rehash of the Walking Dead's group dynamic. And the showrunners understand that when it comes to sound and musical accompaniment, less is more. The show makes very smart, effective use of sound. I'll confess confess to a tinge of disappointment upon hearing there will be a third season. The second season ended so perfectly. I don't really see any need for more, but more there will be. It seems shades of end of the fucking world, I guess <laughs> that worked out. Okay. So maybe this will too. Um, and then he goes on to say third, the jury, uh, or at least my jury is still out on station 11. I like the opener. I've watched four or five episodes, uh, though each episode's very well done, looks terrific. And it's very watchable. The season as a whole feels disjointed. I will keep watching. And I know you have opinions that we will probably get to at a later time mm-hmm. about sort of the ebb and flow of station 11. And I, having seen it all now, I agree with you that it kind of loses its, I don't want to say it's bad, but it kind of makes some leaps and then it kind of like comes back i think at the end but mm-hmm. it definitely has a, a couple of moments where you're like oh <laughs> okay Got a little wobbly. i guess yeah it's like it's like kind of like wobbling on a surfboard or a skateboard it's like whoa whoa, whoa. yeah you just a little 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 wobbly no 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 pay no attention to the man behind the curtain <laughs> anyway war of the worlds is on epics a uh, thing that like stars has a weird letter in it and you probably don't get it but it it's out there and our friend the juicer uh, recommends it which i i find intriguing if only i got epics which i do not get oh, i love where that do Mike, i get michael, stars uh, yeah i love that michael has uh epics because maybe that's from an old time when i was they had good shows over there it's just true you know uh, sure. remember when i used to think it was epics because it was yeah. like some electronic <laughs> right. it's like, yeah yeah it's like a place you can get your uh digital photos uh developed and yeah. sent to you it's and then epics. it was like oh it's Epics. epics like, like epic, wow what a with an terrible x terrible title like stars, like with, stars a, with, with a z because <laughs> did it should any entertainment streaming service have a z in it to remind you that you might need to sleep through what they're showing i actually pay for stars uh i that is one of those services where i'm like if a show i want to watch is on i will watch it 
but um, only like for a month. I actually did it. I signed up for three months so I could watch Outlander and then off it popped because I'm not interested in anything else that's on stars. Oh, tangent. See, I've got so much to catch up on <laughs> with you yes. because we have, we didn't talk for two years. Um, Pennyworth, which uh, is a show that you really yes. liked uh-huh. that was on epics mm-hmm. or stars. Was it on stars? Or it was epics. epics. Uh-huh. It was on one of the weird things with the weird letters, the Z's, the X's, who uh-huh. knows? Z's or X. Um, it's now on HBO max, I believe. Yeah. And it's, so- uh, it was weird. I, I think I only got the first season. I don't think I saw the second right. season. But it, it's a it's technically a Batman related property because Pennyworth is Alfred, Batman's butler. But this is back when he was what Sean Bean and punching people. Yeah, is it Sean Bean? I think in that. I don't know. I, know, I, I think forget. it was. Uh, blah, I can't remember. It? I think it's the young guy. It's the young kid. Oh no no no! It's it's a. Uh, that's right. It's uh oh, who is it? It's yeah. It's Jack Bannon. Jack Bannon is Alfred, right? It's the it's the young guy, and he's young, uh, young hot. Uh, yeah, Alfred. really good looking guy. Yeah, and it, it was he good. beats the crap out of people and stuff. And it's it's a uh, yeah yeah. And so that's I think out there. I think a lot of their fun stuff in 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 um in that was uh the supporting characters and how odd they were. Uh, I loved it. It was just different. It was very British too, so I liked it. And if you're if you are watching Epics, the Perpetual Grace Limited is still there. So you oh, God, love it! Yeah, I mean, look, it, there's a lot of good stuff on a lot of different channels. You can't do them all. I love that you said, you know, because I actually I think a future we'll write this down for a future topic. I know we're not gonna have time for this, but I think we should do a future topic of and ask questions of people. What streaming service did you get for a month? And I, this will not happen <laughs> to me for Peacock, I guarantee you. But what? Did you get for a month? And then now you still have because you forgot to cancel it. Mine is I, Sundance. I think I huh. see. I think you should. I think that would be a great. This is in the grand tradition of podcast generating posts on your website, Tim. Oh, let me tell you. Idea, yeah. Let me let you. <laughs> let me let you into the secret here is this is a great question of like the churn. It's like a churn question, which is what do you get? What services did you get for a month and realize you wanted to keep? And what service did you get for a month and realize that there was nothing there? I think, I think we're those just are gonna, both interesting questions. Yeah. I think we're just going to make that a Substack post. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, the, it's like the month. churn, mm-hmm. churn, uh, churn and burn, I think is what Julia calls it. <laughs> it's, it's just, you just pump and dump, you churn and burn. Yeah. But uh, I, that's a good question because I, oh, what was it for me? I signed up for, God, I can't remember now. And you still There's have def- it. <laughs> oh, well, actually, PBS is one of those. I, I donated to, to KQED to get the PBS app. And for people who don't know, <laughs> if you cut the cord, you don't, you don't get PBS on most of those over-the-top things. You don't get it. But if you donate like $60 a year to your local PBS station, it unlocks everything on the PBS app. So like when they bring a show over like uh, All Creatures Great and Small um, and they, they roll it out a week at a time, on the app, they got the whole season. They just drop it and you can watch it every day. You can binge it. You can do whatever you want. Um, and that actually turned out to be a really, that was really great. And we we have kept it and we just paid for another year. And it's like, there's enough stuff in the PBS app that I didn't expect that's actually pretty great. Well, we, we so. can't leave that sitting there without, without at least this additional comment about that. I looked up how to get that. It is such, it's so PBS. It is the most PBS. Oh yeah. It is the, it's the, you know, it's like, when she says, of all the Charlie Browns, you're the Charlie Browniest. <laughs> PBS, you are the most PBS. It is so hard to just, just take my money. 
Don't yeah. make me give it to the to the local PBS yeah. affiliate. Oh. Just can I just click a button like, and give you sixty dollars? That's and all. You'd think that they would be a, a, a super wired money making machine at this point because this is how they are are funded, right? But they're like, oh, if you want to get access to PBS backstage or whatever it is, I don't even remember what it's called now. Yeah. You you need to you need to donate, and you go to pbs.com slash donate, and it goes, okay, now you're here. Here's where you really need to go. You're a local PBS. <laughs> are you in the Bay Area? Then you need to go to KQED's <laughs> website and donate there, and then come back here with your thing from there and you can get access to it. And, and, and then you go to P, to KQED and they're like, Oh, would you like to give us money? And you're like, well, yeah, but I want that app. Yeah. You're like, uh, Hmm. Uh, maybe here's a grid. See if the app's on the grid and you look at the grid and you're like, okay, so this says that the app, I have to give $60 a year to get to qualify for the app. So I give $60 and they're like, yay, you did it. And then there's nothing. I'm like, okay, what, 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 what happened there, PBS? So I go back to PBS.org and they're like, oh, log in with your KQED thing and we'll link your account. I'm like, okay, great. And it worked and that was fine. And a year passed and All Creatures Great and Small comes back. And I'm like, I think it's been a year since we paid for this. And I look and it's like, oh, our donation expired. Like uh, it's been a year, like, like two weeks ago. Um, and, and a couple of endearing things happened there. One is PBS didn't really know. So I could watch anything I wanted, even though it had been a year, which is sweet. It's kind of like, whatever, uh, you know, you gave so us money. PBS. It's fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I did finally go and say, well, while I'm thinking of it, I'm going to go give them another 60 so that I'm good for another year. And then like five days ago, I got uh, something in the mail, the physical mail from <laughs> KQED saying, Hey, your year is up. You're going to give us more money. And I'm like, guys, yeah. guys i already did it get it together pbs get it together <laughs> it's it's like they got technically actually they, they've got a lot of it i think the pbs app is pretty good and they let you watch your local channel streamed and you've got access to the archive and it's all fine but they are so bad at taking your money and they're that's like, so bad what are they like i don't need the tote bag i just need you to take my money and i don't want to go to five different websites just no let me click a button and just no take it's it that merry-go-round yeah. like go, go to pbs oh no no now go to kqed <laughs> nope now back to pbs and now go in the app and then we link your account, that link is your so account. Is it, which password am i putting in am i putting in the kqed password or the, or the pbs password i don't know oh oh my god Oh, but my God. Wow. I'm happy that I spent that money because there was actually a lot of good stuff on PBS. And having cut the cord, it's really nice to have access to that because we no longer, you know, Lauren can no longer TiVo uh, Masterpiece. Yeah. So it's just instead I said, I, this is better than TiVoing Masterpiece because it was always like the, the guide data for PBS is also a little bit janky. And they're like, Masterpiece, here's 80 different shows <laughs> that are all just called Masterpiece. And you have to figure <laughs> out what they are. And the PBS app, it's like actually well organized and you can get to everything and if you miss a show it's still there whereas on TiVo if you miss a show like will they ever show it again maybe not who knows so anyway PBS if if people are wondering though PBS actually if you can figure out how to do it I think the PBS app and streaming thing is actually pretty good there's a lot of good stuff there well I this made this that whole diversion made my day because (laughs) because I suffered through this but unlike you I didn't go through I was so mad at them I was like you guys nothing has changed since go over there yes now over here it's like take my money take my money (laughs) they were so old school and i was just yeah man nothing Do i need to put it in an envelope and send it and mail it to someone to put in the app for me okay just put it in the app yeah go down to grandma jensen's Mm -hmm. put it in her jar 
Yep. She'll bring it over. She'll give you a token. You can the redeem f- the token at the thrift store. Yeah. So we're going to do it. We're going to do a pledge drive. And then yeah. grandma's going to drive over. Written we'll, on the inside of the tote bag will be your code. <laughs> we'll take it, it out of the of the jar. You'll get that in six to eight weeks. Yeah. I was just like, Jesus, Great. I can't do this. Well, good for you for being uh, patient. Yeah. Because I was, want it. it I just it. don't want to jump through five hoops yep. for it. No, I get it. I get it. All right. Uh, before we go, so podcast at tvtalkmachine.com. We'll be back at an undisclosed time in the future, maybe a couple of weeks. We're going to try to do that. We'll see. Absolutely. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit at least about what's in the box set. Because uh, yes. I think we should. Yeah. So th- that 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 time is now. Um, Station Eleven, Episode One. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you get? I mean, I love this show. <laughs> I I loved it from Episode One, um, where I thought this is exactly my my kind of stuff. This is this is my kind of show. I I really liked it. I love the tone of it. I think the performances are really good. And this we only get a glimpse of of uh, the older version of the main character, but we get to, we get to see sort of the world as it's falling apart. Uh, I know that's a hard watch for some people, but I thought just artfully done. One of the things that I mentioned in the comments, and I'm really curious what you got out of the comments on the Substack that what struck you there. But the thing that I mentioned there is that I really loved their, their shots where they matched a location sort of during the last days of society and 20 years later where nature has kind of crept into yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were really beautiful and they never do them again in the whole series. It's really just for episode one only. Yeah, and it's uh, I actually went back in there and a comment because I'm so dutiful. I commented on your I, oh, I know, yeah, and so uh, but yeah, I, I it, it connected with me right away. Uh, I think most people like it. I see some people in the comments who are holding, you know, but like Michael, just like with holding judgment but watching sure. it, interested. Um, I bought into almost all of it. Um, there's things that I would quibble with, but uh, and certainly as we talked about later in one of the later episodes, there's there are like two instances uh where i was like oh i wouldn't have done that. Like, i'm looking at it like from a writer perspective and then i was like i wouldn't have done that and then my critic brain is like uh that you should not have done this entire episode um but you know it's that's just part of it and i connected with it immediately just like utopia and i and i was like yes i want to i, I want to see this world uh all i will say for for the first uh episode or the two things that struck struck me and i hope people will watch episode by episode but the uh the casting is fantastic uh, and the lead characters, Javen and Kristen, the young Kristen, uh, Kirsten, sorry. Uh, Javen <laughs> and Kirsten are so good. And for, for me, Javen is like carries the whole show because yep. I probably would. I don't know if I would have stayed because I had the, my, you know, it's a, it's a flu pandemic. So like, you know, we're living it right here. So it's like uh, I had a little PTSD watching the first one. And if he wasn't so compelling, I'm not sure I would have kept going. I would have come back a year later or something like that. But he's super compelling i loved him he's what a, what a great character what a great entry into a series uh that was good and then the other thing i just i thought the there's so much visual stuff that is good and and there is a um i, I put on the i put on my sub stack i said did anybody notice the andrew wyeth uh uh homage in the framing of one of those scenes and it's in there so if you uh if you want to go mm. if you want to watch keep your eye open for that i um yeah, I, I was th- I'm thinking a lot about this and, and episode one is probably not the time to resolve it. But I think one of the things to keep in mind if you're watching this against on HBO Max um, is how the show deals with the chopped up narrative, because mm-hmm. like a chopped up timeline is like 
it has been done a million times now. Like we've all seen it. We've mm-hmm. all seen it in in um, uh, Pulp Fiction. We all saw it in Lost. We've seen it a thousand times in a thousand different shows um, and movies. And Station Eleven is, it, I, I would say, look, consider why it's doing it the way it's doing it. Because I do think there is a quality of it that's different, that it's a little, it's still building some suspense through withholding information, but I think it's not as focused on giving you the shocking twist as a lot of those kinds of other shows or movies about a nonlinear storytelling. Like they use it as a, as a way to shock you. Right. And I'm, I, I kind of don't feel like mostly station 11 does that. I think, I think it really wants you to consider the difference between the before and year 20 and what's been lost and what's been gained. And I think it's trying to, like lost actually at its best i think it's trying to draw parallels between the people before and the people now or the way people were then and the way they are now in in by making interesting connections and i i think it's i i I think you could have done this show with fewer or no non-linear aspects to it but i think it's way richer for the fact that it's telling the story non-linearly yeah, I agree. And it's, uh, I think everybody's gotten to the point where they can follow that kind of stuff relatively well. Yeah. And, if, and if they're like, well, I don't really get this, but I, I kind of know what you're doing here. Or, you know, we're leaping forward and this, I don't, this means something has happened. Well, and that there's I don't a big type, yet. right? That mm-hmm. says before or says like, yeah. like two days after yeah. or, or 20 days. years. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and then the other thing that this show in episode one, other than those little toggles between sort of the nature and then the, and then the, the time when the pandemic is about to start, the epidemic is about to start, um, is it's mostly a linear story until the very end. And I think one of the interesting things where, although I complain about not having that kind of nature toggle happening as much, the rest of the show, one of the ways that I like how the show lays down its cards at the end is it, has the last three shots or the last three scenes of episode one. Mm -hmm. There's a jump forward in time where we see Kirsten and Jeevan leaving the apartment building and setting off for who knows where through the, the snow and all the cars that have been sitting there. And we're told it's 80 days later. We don't know anything about what happened, but we know that they left the apartment in Chicago to go off somewhere. That's number one. It's followed by a shot of, the astronaut in the space station that is from the comic book that she's been reading. I'm not sure how much of that we know at this point, but Mm -hmm. we know that there's an astronaut in those pages and we, we have a full on live action uh, as if it was from another show Mm -hmm. astronaut behind the kind of like the, the reflective glass helmet. Uh, And that's a great, and a clockwork spaceship. And it's very much like, what the hell is that? Mm -hmm. And then the third shot is of course, Kirsten 20 years later, all grown up and reading that comic in who knows, because we don't know yet the unknowable what happened after this disaster occurred. And that's how they end is those three things where it's like station 11 saying, yeah, it's not going to be the same show after this, which I think is really a great way to end episode one. Yeah, I did too. I think that's, if you get through it, you'll, you'll see exactly what Jason was saying. And that's, that's compelling to me. I absolutely wanted to go to the next episode. And if, mm-hmm. if, if, and you know, I'm, and they drop three, right? They, yeah, they the did classic, three, yeah. mm-hmm. you can watch all, you can watch the next episode right away if you really want to. But. That is very, that is very funny given that it's HBO max. They're just like, we don't do that, but we're going to do it this time. 
Yeah. Uh, it worked though. And uh, mm-hmm. I just think that there was things that were compelling throughout the, I have issues with it, but not enough to derail me. And I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. I really like that moment where the, um, one of the people who's working with Jeevan's um, sister, the doctor in the hospital, and they're asking like, are you calling somebody? Cause they all know now everybody dies from this. Yeah. And so they're all going to get it and they're all going to die. And they, the medical people know it. It's, it's very, I mean, talk about your parallels, like to hearing about early COVID-19 pandemic, uh, medical people in New York city talking mm-hmm. about it, where yeah. like they knew what was up immediately. Right. Before mm-hmm. everybody else really caught into it. Um, and, and the, anyway, the guy's coming down the stairs and, and it's like, you, you, you calling anybody? And it's like, I just tweeted bye. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a little fatalistic, yeah. uh, humor. It was, that was really good. It was good. It was good. And then he goes and helps somebody. So it's, it was, yeah. uh, it was a nice twist of character he thing. Helps and- a- a guy with his, his daughter, I think who's, who's sick or, or dying and, yeah. and they're taking her into the hospital. Um, and then, and of course, one of my favorite moments, I think it is in the book too, is, is when they're, they're buying all their supplies at the store and the clerk is like, uh, is this about that thing? And they're like, you should go home. Yeah. And then as they're arguing out in the parking lot, uh, you see the guy just walk out of the store, leaving it open and just, he leaves yeah. because he got the message that guy, maybe that guy lived. Yeah. You maybe. Don't know. Yeah. Well, that's the implication is that maybe he got saved. <laughs> Yeah. Because of Jeevan. Mm-hmm. Maybe so. Mm-hmm. Maybe so. Because Jeevan, although Jeevan's not a doctor, his sister is a doctor. Right. Um, he does He does try to uh, save poor uh, um, poor Arthur on stage. Yes, with, he does. Mm-hmm. The with, maestro. Without any, without any skills. Yeah. But it's compassion. Yeah. It's like, it's compelling. Compa- I mean, I know answers in the future that I can't give away, obviously. Yeah. But uh somebody was like, why would you go up there? And they were all mad about it. And I was like, I think compassion drives people to like mm-hmm. help, even if they don't know how to help. And I think the show exper- exposes over its, over its entire run. By the end, you will know why Jeevan did that. Yeah. I, I would say you'll know enough about Jeevan and his disposition to know why he did that. Yeah. Um, Gael Garcia Bernal, who is, um, in the show throughout, which is impressive because he dies in episode one, but you know, nonlinear storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is funny when I, when I first saw him, I had that um, Mozart in the jungle moment. Yes. <laughs> like, Oh, maestro. Also a good not, show. Also, also a, good, a good show. Yeah. Amazon. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can go watch that. Yeah. Better than uh, people thought it was going to be. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I think we watched the whole thing. Yeah. You know, it, was, it was pretty good, but it, so much of that is the, the charisma of the two leads yes. in that show. So, mm-hmm. But he's he's uh, he, you know this character in the book is a is a more like a, an Ian McKellen type right it's a oh. an old older Shakespearean actor with a past who's gone through a series of younger wives and all of that and I think it's a an interesting change here to make him a little more dynamic um, and I think a little more sympathetic maybe than in uh, in the book interesting yeah that's what I hear that 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 it's that the show is a little bit more sympathetic and less dark than the book yeah. Um, uh, speaking of the darkness, uh, since uh, people may be listening to this who have not watched it yet and are, are, are still contemplating this, um, what I wanted to say is um, for a show about a, a, a flu pandemic that kills almost everybody on planet Earth, that's largely set 20 years after it happens. And so you're thinking it's going to be another one of these Walking Dead kind of post-apocalyptic things. It will constantly surprise you. It's really not about the darkness. It really is about the human spirit. Yeah. And it, I I was impressed at how even though there's tense moments and all that, how, how um, positive and, and light and uh, about like people putting, trying to put it back together, the show was versus what you, I, I think if you're afraid it's going to be a dark, gloomy 
walking dead kind of nihilistic uh approach um not to give away my feelings about the the walking dead but i i found that just too hard a sh- uh, show to keep watching because it was so you know it would never change this tone inevitably yeah it was all inevitable doom right right <laughs> <laughs> and and station 11 is not like that so maybe that'll get you to watch it I, yeah yeah you need that too otherwise it's just like oh we're all just gonna die and get eaten by zombies yeah right mm-hmm. and and then and then you know fight with knives and 20 years hence the survivors will be fighting it out with knives well there and is it, a wink wink to uh in the first episode or well, actually maybe not the first episode but there is a wink wink in one of the episodes to the walking dead so yeah um yeah but uh anyway any other any other thoughts about about station 11 no, I'm I'm really because you know trying to maintain my positivity. Oh, I am always I'm positive on the overall. I'm just saying the first episode was hard for me to get into. So if anybody else is listening to this and hasn't started yet, um, you know, it, you should you should if you're gonna do well, it, you should watch it and then go over to uh, uh, my Substack, which is easy. You don't. It's timgoodman.substack.com, but you can actually right. just go to the Substack uh site put my name in and you'll get there um and everything a lot of things are well pretty much everything at this point has not been locked down so it's free so you can do it and i like that everybody who's making comments once you've seen it i think you find that um that community of people who who are uh, discussing it really helps and their and their perspectives are good but there's a lot of people who struggle to get into it and uh, like me and and then we're rewarded well, that's why they dropped three episodes, right? And mm-hmm. I think that that's why I wanted to emphasize the fact that when you get to that those last three scenes, that is the show laying its cards on the table that that this is not going to be a linear story that picks up, you know, on day two, right? And slowly drives you through the aftermath of the pandemic. It, it really isn't right. Like it's going to be, it's going to tell you you're going to be informed about what happened to all of these characters before and after, but the those last three scenes where we see 80 days ahead and we see 20 years ahead and we see the astronaut like that's the show saying yeah it's it's it this is not uh gonna be what you think it is and and then episode two and three bear that out exactly yeah um collateral what do you want people to look for in collateral um it's a it, it is hey speaking of those intense uh uk <laughs> uh prestige dramas that's what this is that's what, and and this is a little bit different in that you if you're thinking well I, I don't have the time this is four episodes yeah so I love that you're you're in and you're out pretty quick uh we're, we're obviously going week by week on this so we're just gonna only comment on the first episode and so the box set group of watchers are just going week by week so I'll, I'll keep my comments to that yep. um oh wow like I, I love this kind of storytelling because you have to make some uh, concessions if you're gonna say well I could have done this in ten episodes. Or I could have done two seasons of this, but I'm going to do four, which is very British. Um, and But I'm going to compact it. So there's some compact storytelling. And there is actually a lot going on. I like the fact that you get thrown into this sort of chaos. And then by the end of the first episode, you know, there's like 10 different strands of what, what are the bigger picture uh, issues right. in this show? I know that some people in the comments were like, well, this happened too quickly and un this is implausible. And I'm like, look, they crunched it down to four episodes. You're going to have some shorthand. Sorry. It's just works that way. If you, if you enjoy the fact that you're in and out on something that is very well done over four hours, uh, you should just go with it and not gripe about the shorthand, but it's, I think it's, I think it's very good and it holds up. I also think that, um, having seen and loved state of play, the, again, the original British uh, miniseries, not the movie that was made in the U S but the miniseries, um, it is, it is like that. And yet I think if you go into it thinking about state of play collateral will 
take you by surprise because state of play is kind of a character story about people in UK politics and collateral is a political story. Yeah. It is, it has a point of view that you are going to see unfold over these four episodes. It It is not, um, sort of saying, well, here's the machinery and human frailty and politicians and all that, which is kind of what state of play is. Collateral's not. Collateral really wears its heart on its sleeve, and 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 the whole idea of following Carrie Mulligan through her unraveling this, um, this crime that has been committed—that's kind of a mysterious crime. We go with her to all of the places that, as a good cop, she needs to go, and it, um, it. It, it yeah it it where she who she meets and what is actually going on here is a very strong political statement by the um by the writer of this show it's it's uh it's great and yes. it is four episodes so, sir david yeah. hare mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's good it's really good yeah I, i'm i'm happy with that pick and it, it balances a little both you know current and and dark yeah. and past and slightly dark yeah, and getting getting stuff out of the catalog, I think, is really great. I, I think trying to, I mean, just from a uh, an overview, I don't know what what your grand plan is for the box set, but I like the idea of having something that's sort of still in the conversation today, yes. and then something that is from the past that people, but but not necessarily something that everybody's seen to to kind of like mix it up a little bit. Yeah, like definitely. It. Yeah, that's that's what I think that mix is what I'll be striving for for sure. Nice. All right. Well. Um, thanks to everybody for uh, getting to the end of this. You mm-hmm. know, timgoodman.substack.com is the place to go to read all the stuff that Tim's doing. I'm in the comments there. I'll, I'll pop in <laughs> you from are. time to time. I'm uh-huh. in it all. Um, podcast.tvtalkmachine.com if you want to uh, send us a letter. You know, love to your mothers. You can do that. <laughs> and uh, anything else before Angry. we go? Any other uh, receipts? We got to does PBS need a donation now? Oh my I don't God. Know. I'm so, happening? I got to just say, I, I, my great takeaway from this as a listener involved in the actual production of this was your comments on Peacock, which were great, and my dying about your explanation of <laughs> getting PBS because I, oh, we took off as it passed. We both got, we both were frustrated. We came to a fork in the road. And you went, nope. I said, nope, <laughs> too many hoops. And you were like, oh, okay, I'll do this. So I love it. It was a great story. And I will probably now go back and jump through those hoops, but I loved it. It was like, it, uh, what a great, what a great retake on 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 uh, how to subscribe to two streaming well, services. Well, thank you. And and all creatures great and small, by the way, is super comfy, happy TV. Um, and it's like twelve episodes now because they've done two seasons and it's British. I guess fourteen because there's Christmas specials too. But it's great. So you, you got to pay for PBS though. Good luck. <laughs> But it is great. I love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, podcast at tvtalkmachine.com. Uh, the whole archives at tvtalkmachine.com. Uh, subscribe, you know, wherever you get your podcasts, if you aren't already. And uh, go and subscribe to Tim Substack at timgoodman.substack.com. Uh, and until next time, bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.